Hey guys, welcome to Pickled Parables. I'm your host, Jesse Turkington, and today I'm excited to present to you one of my role models and mentors, Mark Idle. Mark is a pastor at Emmanuel Bible Church in Pratham, Oregon, and he has been instrumental in helping me grow into my spiritual giftings. He is a servant of the Lord with a shepherding heart and I really look up to him. I'm really excited for you to hear his message today. Today, Mark is sharing on a passage in Colossians chapter 1, verses 15 through 20. This is a beautiful passage about the preeminence of Christ. That's another way of saying, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God, Jesus was in the beginning with God. Mark has studied this passage and he has put together a pointed lesson for us to hear about this preeminent one. And I would encourage you to listen with an attentive mindset. I'll turn things over to Mark now. Thank you so much, Jesse, for inviting me onto Pickled Parables today. I'm so excited to speak to you listeners about one of the most Christ-exalting passages in the Holy Bible, Colossians 1, verses 15 through 20. Before I start on that passage, I want to point out the important role this beautiful passage plays in your personal relationship with the Lord Jesus. You see, relationships, deep and meaningful relationships, in my opinion, They're built on two things, grace and knowledge. I will read the closing verse of 2 Peter, chapter 3, verse 18, to help us think through this. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and to the day of eternity. Amen. In this 2 Peter passage, The alternative to growing in grace and knowledge of Jesus is to be led away by the ungodly, totally unstable in your walk. The Apostle Peter knew the solution was found in a growing understanding of the grace-filled life and a deepening knowledge of the person of Jesus, not just a head knowledge, but relationship built on knowing each other. An example of this, when my wife, Melody, and I were newlyweds, we both thought that we really, really knew each other. Best of friends. We talked and laughed all the time. We shared our feelings with each other. Fast forward 17 years, and we both marvel at how little we knew each other compared to now. Over the years, we showed each other grace, and we We continued to learn more and more about who we are. We learned how to give and receive grace. We learned to keep the relationship alive by regular communication. Ephesians 5 instructs husbands to love our wives as Christ loves the church. Jesus, he uses marriage to reveal his desire to know each one of us deeply and for us to know our creator to whom there is no end. I tell you all of that to prime your minds that the passage we will go through now is a very 
important part of your knowledge of Jesus. I will say it another way. This passage in Colossians is very important to help you grow closer to him. So here in Colossians 1, allow me uh, to read the six verses, and then we will look at the verses more closely. Starting in verse 15, he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things were created through him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Wow, what a Savior! Let me point out something very interesting in this whole passage, this whole chapter. In this first chapter of Colossians, the verses before and after today's passage are full of these pronouns. You, our, your, us, we, and I. These verses, they lean heavily on addressing individual believers as well as the whole group. But in verses 15 through 20, there is not one word that is directed at you or us. All the words are directing your attention, our attention, to Christ Jesus. Feel free to pause the message right now and look for yourself. Not one word directed to us. This passage is only about Jesus, the Word the Messiah, the risen Savior, the Lamb of God, the preeminent one. Please listen to me closely. Jesus is worthy for you to spend time thinking only of him. Not Jesus and your marriage, Jesus and your job, your school, the trial you're going through, your struggles. I'm preaching to myself here too. We all need to learn to set our eyes on him alone without always trying to get what we want from him. So let's do that now. Let's set aside whatever is troubling you or stressing you out and set our eyes only on Jesus as we look at his word. Starting in verse 15, in God's generous love, he sent his son to save us. God the Father also revealed himself in Jesus. Our invisible triune God took on flesh so we could see and touch him. The view of God in the Old Testament was he was very difficult to approach. The high priest, after meeting a series of strict requirements, could only approach the Holy of Holies to be in the presence of God once a year. He was intensely holy, 
and could only be approached with specific conditions being met. This same God was now flesh and bone, standing and walking with the people, touching people, healing people. He was approaching people without all of the conditions. The Son of God came to seek and save the lost in a very real and personal way. So how is Jesus the firstborn of all creation? Psalm 89, verse 27. And I will make him the firstborn, the highest of the kings of the earth. In this psalm, we see the firstborn being chief, the highest of kings, firstborn revealing rank and honor. A message for another day is Adam as the firstborn being replaced by Jesus, referred to as the second Adam in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 45. Jesus is made the firstborn. He is the only begotten Son with firstborn authority and inheritance. Just as many, quote, secondborn sons in the Old Testament were placed in the firstborn, the eldest status, so too was Jesus rightfully given the preeminence. You know, examples in the Old Testament like Isaac and Jacob technically being secondborn, they show this principle. Moreover, I believe it is also referring to his status of the firstborn of the new covenant. Romans 8 verse 29 states, He is the firstborn among many brothers. He is the image that we are all being conformed to. In verse 16, All of creation, all things that were created, were created by the word. By Jesus. He created everything for himself. Romans 11.36, it echoes this very nicely. For of him and through him and to him are all things. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. So what are all things? Everything in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, I believe this reveals Jesus creating everything. Invisible things like gravity and air, solar rays and electrons. It also reveals him creating all spiritual beings and heavenly places that we have yet to see. We should ask this question. Can you imagine something created not being totally subject to its creator when it was originally created for him? Let me say that one more time. Can you imagine something that's created not being totally subject to its creator when it was originally created for him? Again, Christ Jesus created all things for himself. Verse 17, to say the beginning of this verse a different way, everything came after him. Jesus, the word, existed prior to the incarnation of baby Jesus. And what you heard in Jesse's previous teaching in John 1, verses 1 through 3, the word was at the beginning. He was with God and he was God. He also holds all things together. 
Hebrews 1.3 tells us he upholds all things by the word of his power. Sometimes I wish I was a scientist or a doctor or even an astronomer to better understand God's glory in holding things together. Think of how many things in this world that possess a perfect tension. We have atmospheric pressure, matter made up of atoms that when altered take on the destructive power of an atomic bomb. We also have magnetic attraction and repulsion, oceanic tides pulled around by the moon orbiting the earth, not to mention the earth's perfect tension with the sun. A couple of degrees closer to it and we completely burn up. And just a smidge further away, we freeze. Some scientists find evidence the galaxy was wound up like a clock that someday will need to be reset. That topic will have to be for another podcast. Verse 18. This wonderful little verse reminds us what the church is. His body. And who is in charge? Who is chief? Who is the brains of this operation? Jesus. Realizing that we were all created for him and gathered together in him and going to him in glory, we should check our priorities in this life. We exist because of him and for him. This verse also reminds us he is not created, but the beginning. Now he is the beginning of the resurrected life. He is truly the first to rise from the dead and be received by his Father in a glorified body. Again, we are pointed to the importance of him being preeminent in everything. Jesus alone is first. He is in first place. He is the first in all things. He alone is paramount in rank and importance. Verse 19, this short verse is extreme in its use of words. The author could have said, for in Christ, the fullness of God dwelled. But that would be so incomplete. The verse states, all the fullness was pleased to dwell. This reveals a joyful and complete revelation of the triune God in Jesus the mystery of the hypostatic union, the fully divine and fully human natures combined in Christ. Verse 20, this final verse of this Christ-exalting passage shows that in his preeminence, in his supremacy, we needed to be reconciled to him, our creator. As sinners, We did not need to make peace with ourselves or forgive ourselves. We absolutely needed reconciliation with the Lord of Lords and King of Kings. He alone is in first place regarding relational repair. The only person we truly need to be right with is only the firstborn son. This verse tells us, His reconciliation included all things, those that had died prior to the coming of Christ and those that came after. 
Jesus, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, the root and offspring of David, was the only one capable of reconciling all that had ever lived and all who would live. All of this happened by his blood. Hebrews 9 tells us, Without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sins. With his blood, he purchased us. The blood of the preeminent one, bringing us into his household, adopting us as his own. Children of the king, fully reconciled, fully at peace with our God. Thank you for listening today. I hope you will spend some time considering these verses on your own. I pray the Lord richly blesses you as you consider the preeminent Son, Jesus. God bless you. Thank you for listening to Pickled Parables. If you enjoyed this message, please rate us, subscribe, and share with your friends. If you're interested in more things like this, check out our secondary podcast called My Dusky Bible. To stay up to date with all things Parable, follow us on Instagram at parable underscore ministries and visit our website at parableministries.com. Parable is a volunteer organization and we would deeply appreciate your prayers. Thank you for joining us today. We'll catch you later.